Okay, so on this week's episode of Forward, we have a special guest, Naomi Liu. She's the Director of Global Marketing Operations at EFI. Um, so hi there, Naomi. Hi. Um, <laughs> as you all know, we, um, we know we plan to do this in person um, a little <clears throat> earlier this year, um, Naomi actually travels out to the Bay Area for EFI and we thought, oh great, we get to have a guest where we can meet with them in person, but you know, we didn't want to delay this any longer because we knew it would be a great conversation with you um, and for, for our guests who are watching. Um, so uh, yeah, so to kick it off, I think it would be great if you gave a little bit of a background um, on yourself, what you currently do um, for everyone who's listening. Yeah, definitely. So my name is Naomi and I am the Director of Global Marketing Operations at Electronics for Imaging or EFI for short. And I've spent uh, the last 12 years of my career working in some form of marketing operations or marketing automation uh, capacity in the enterprise B2B space. And it's always been for technology companies that have global presence. So very familiar with like all of the, you know, GDPR, CASEL, CCPA, all of that stuff. And just like, how do you go to market in the different um, geographic regions and a little bit about what EFI does. So EFI is a billion dollar company in the hardware and software space for the printing industry. And so before I joined EFI, I had zero knowledge about the printing space. Like I thought printers were what you had on your desk at home, right? And little did I know that, you know, there's an entire world that the average person just doesn't see. And so we manufacture hardware and develop software for the printing industry. And I, and I manage the team that runs uh, marketing operations globally for the organization. Cool. So how many people do you have on your team right now? Um, so I have three under me um, that are direct reports. And then I have folks like in other teams as well that I kind of lean on when, you know, mm -hmm. I need help for graphic design or for content writing or things like that. Yeah. Cool. So we actually got introduced um, through a Slack channel, Marketing Up Slack channel. And um, the guy, Mike, who was the founder of that Slack channel, I'm interested, how do you get involved in that channel? And yeah, like, what's your background there? Yeah, so I have to shout out to my friend Jeff, who's in Vancouver. He actually alerted me to a LinkedIn post that Mike um, posted on LinkedIn saying that he was opening up his Slack channel uh, to marketing operations professionals. And I think that anybody who has worked in this space for a while will know that it's like, I don't know if we're like unicorns, they're just so hard to find in the wild, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I don't come across folks that are like, yeah, what do you do? marketing operations. Oh my gosh, me too, right? It's just not a thing that, that happens. That's, yeah, that's a good point. That is never, right? ever it's happened. never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're at Marketo Summit. It actually happened at Marketo Summit, but like yeah. other outside of an event for marketing ops people, yeah. that is literally never. And then even within marketing operations, I think that <laughs> term itself is so, it's open to interpretation, right? So mm -hmm. like, one person who calls themselves marketing ops may not be the same definition as somebody else. And so it just really depends on your company, like the maturity of your organization to accept marketing operations as like a business function and not just a cost center. And so it's always, I've always just felt like very alone on an island. And so uh, when I saw that post, when Jeff sent it to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like, is this a place where there's people like me? And so I joined it and just really resonated with what Mike was doing and just really started to get involved in the community, trying to contribute and just got to know Mike. And then um, I'm now helping him admin the, the community. So 
and then he introduced the two of us. Yeah, yeah, I really like it because um, I've just started getting into you know the one that we're just talking about and another one this year. And what's great about it that I've noticed is you know we're an agency. There's other people who work for agencies. You know, technically competitors, but everyone's just sharing knowledge with each other and. There's no bad vibes or anything. Everyone's just open and you know, just sharing best practices and everything they've learned or asking questions and maybe venting a little bit about um, Marketo and things like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I find it really useful actually. Yeah, I feel like Slack channels are like the new communities, but you just get like, you know, responses in real time. So like, mm -hmm. you know, each product will have their own community. Marketo has their own, but it feels like whenever you post something there, it just goes into this ether of like, I'm not sure if anyone's going to see this ever. Um, and you maybe have a few people that will go through it and answer, but Slack's great because you just really understand the people. You can recognize um, their faces and then you actually get responses, you know, yeah. word. Super quick. And, yeah, super quick. So sometimes quicker than one of your coworkers. <laughs> so sure. it's a great... <laughs> if you have co-workers. If you have co-workers. So it's a great place to um like, like marking to, up co-workers <laughs> to post your um the awesome things you're doing, but also any of the challenges that you're having. So I'm curious, what got you into marketing operations to begin? So take us through kind of the story of ways. Yeah. Um so you want kind of like an origin story. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, it's not I when I first started my career in this it, like, I don't think that that was really even a term or something that people really understood what it was, myself included, right? So it's not like I went through university and, you know, they're like, what do you want to do when you graduate? I'm like, marketing operations. That's, it just wasn't a thing, right? And so um, I've always been very technical, have had strong technical aptitude. Um, fun fact, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated high school um, in terms of like, where I wanted to go to university and what I wanted to be my declare major. So I kind of like left it up to the universe. And <laughs> I, I applied to art school because I thought I wanted to do commercials, right? And I applied to university uh, with a declare major of computer science, totally different, right? And I was just gonna, whatever happens, happens. I didn't have a plan B if I got accepted to both. I didn't know what I was gonna do, like toss up. Um, but I got rejected from art school, so I ended up going uh, to university with a declared major of computer science. And partway through it, I was kind of like, you know, I like it, but I don't see myself being a software developer for work, right? And I switched, so I switched to communications with a focus on marketing. And after I graduated, I kind of fell into marketing operations because the company that I worked that I uh, started working for, they were looking for somebody to, in their words, help them build and send emails, right? And so I was like, yeah, I can do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I know HTML, I know CSS, like I can do all this. I, I know databases. And um, so I kind of got into that. And this was like, this was in 2007 like the wild wild west of email marketing right like no gdpr no castle let's just like send this email to two thousand <laughs> people on a friday afternoon and go home and then like let's see if we get any responses on monday right and so it it was uh i think some people was, still live in that 2007 <laughs> <mindset>. <laughs> um, i want to socially distance myself from all of these coronavirus emails i'm getting so <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's uh yeah it was definitely like a time where you know I was learning on the job like as I was going it wasn't it was just something that like I 
I had no mentor to help me figure this out. It was like, okay, learning what is email deliverability? What is like email spoofing? Like what is all of this stuff? And it just like over time, because I have that strong technical aptitude, like I was just able to start like collecting pieces of technology under my umbrella um, and then just like making them all talk to each other. And so that's like over time, as kind of the years went on, it, my job became both, because I was the only real person that was actually doing all the execution, I was kind of like campaign operations, so like external facing and execution, but also like managing the platform and the integrations in conjunction with IT, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because everyone always talks about marketing, but then even marketing operations, kind of the art and science. Mm-hmm. The fact that you applied for art and science, like kind of something, <laughs> you really did start in the perfect place, right? You had the right mindset from day one, yeah. by the sound of it. <laughs> Left brain, right brain thing for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I think the origin story for a lot of people, depending on how far, far along they are in their marketing operations career, especially if you started between like 2007, 2011, or maybe even a little bit beyond that, like you didn't know marketing operations was really going to be your path or job it was just kind of something like you said you fall into and who I I think that happened a lot and even if you don't have the technical background of computer science I think it is or was even down to how much of a technical aptitude do you have because then you're just more attracted you like for me I went down thinking oh I'm going to be in demand gen but I constantly would be like oh I'm really interested in you know, learning Marketo when I was working there, we didn't really even really have a marketing ops team, which is crazy. We had our director, but that was it. You know, people probably thought we had a team of multiple people, but even then marketing ops wasn't even like a true role. We started to build that out and it was early. Um, but whoever was, I was just more interested in using Marketo and, and all the tools. And I found that more interesting to than you know creating email copy and so <laughs> i went down that path and i think um the i think that's where maybe some people are getting caught right now where it sometimes feels like you have to fall down that path by like chance based on your technical aptitude but things like this where we're actually educating people and hopefully early on in career and, you know, universities will actually talk about these different roles in a way where people can say, Oh, that sounds interesting. You know, I'm going to do an internship there or, um, and that's where I hope it will start to go. So it doesn't have to be just something people fall into. Yeah, no, definitely. And and make it like a, it's not just like a career path that you stumble into that there's like defined you know, roadmap for where you want to, where you currently are to where you want to be. And that it's something that you make like a pointed effort to get into as opposed to like, oh, maybe I'll try this out and I guess I'll do it. Right. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, I feel fortunate that I, I did fall into it and it was something that I love because it does help me exercise that right and left brain. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's definitely something I think has grown over the last decade that you don't need to fall into it anymore. It can be a career choice that you fully decide that you want to do. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So then getting kind of into the meat of this, so we're going to be like the whole reason we wanted to get you on is to talk about your experience around building teams and you know, building career paths for both yourself and the teams. And also, um, I think you're very passionate about what we just talked about, really kind of honing in and really building marketing ops function as a real thing that people can kind of aspire to and grow within and not hit these ceilings within their career. 
So I think yeah. what might be a good point to start with that is just, um, you know, when we talked before, you were talking all about the times when you, you, you've been in a couple of positions where either you were the only marketing ops person or maybe you're a tiny team and maybe that team you know, wasn't, didn't have like a, the breadth of um, when you started, like kind of all of the different technical parts of the roles or the different parts of the function built into it. And you had to grow that function and build it out and get the attention from different um, you know, business units and really build the function into what it is today. Uh, so I'd love for you to like, kind of talk us through maybe that story of maybe one or two examples from where you really you know, built out that function from the, the ground level upwards. Yeah, definitely. I think first and foremost, it also is going to be dependent on the, the company, the organization's appetite to want to take, accept this role in this department as something that they view as like a critical need, right? And it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that, you know, takes time and however long that takes, it's really dependent on the company and the industry. Um, I've had the opportunity in my career to work mostly in enterprise environments and therefore that there becomes a point where like either you're the only person or where I was the only person or one of like two people, it just doesn't become sustainable anymore, right? Because you hit a ceiling in terms of what you can execute and um, bandwidth and things like that. And at my last company that I was at, I, I wasn't able to go on vacation. Right? Like mm -hmm. I was working. Oh, yeah. right? the global exposure i think there was like a window on a saturday afternoon where i didn't get emails right and just due to time zones and so it just it's really not a healthy work-life balance right and you hit burnout pretty fast and i remember there was a point in time at my last company where i was like you know if i'm gonna burn out i'm gonna i'm gonna go down flaming and let's just turn it to 11 and let me just try <laughs> to build a department and a team um because i i can't even like think about going on vacation because then like everything stops right and that's that's not a good position, like mentally, like work-life balance for me, but it's also not a good position for the company to be in because that's, just, you shouldn't have to depend so heavily on one person. One person. Critical. Right. right. And so, um, so I started, you know, I really just started referring at my last company to myself in the third person as a team. Like, I'm just going to start saying, you know, all of the automated emails that would come out, I would just start signing them with like marketing operations team, you know, start getting updates by the marketing operations team. And, you know, as each contract, um, you know, at EFI now, so at each, as each contract came up for renewal, I just started owning that relationship with the vendors, started reaching out to them proactively and saying like, hey, we're coming up for renewal. Can we meet and have a conversation? And so by the time IT would get involved, I'm like, don't worry, guys, I got this. Here are all the notes we can meet and review, right? And IT was like, okay, that's great. You know, that's awesome. Like we don't have to do it because I didn't feel like they actually wanted to own those relationships with the vendors, which is fine because I would, was totally fine doing it. And it might take a cycle or two. So it might not happen like, you know, within the first renewal, it might happen within the second renewal that you then fully own that relationship. And, you know, instead of IT negotiating that contract and being the in-between and playing telephone, then they, the vendor will come directly like to me, right? And so um, another thing that's really important is to also be very familiar with the procurement process at your company, right? And who the key players are, understand how do you get an NDM process in place if your company prefers to sign on company paper or if they're okay signing on vendor paper, how does security review happen? All of those like legal um, processes that need to happen, that's very, very important. And that's something that I had to learn along the way too is that there is an entire like procurement process that has to happen in order to bring 
a company or a vendor within the organization. And that's something that's really important to understand as well. And then just really relationship building, right? Um, relationship building with both the vendors and internally with the teams that you interface with, because those relationships that you build are really crucial. Yeah, yeah we talk a lot about um, marketing operations people. They're getting very, they often, it's a, such a typical situation, kind of like what you started with, where you're the only person, you're overwhelmed, you're not able to take any vacation, you've got to look after all of these different teams of marketing, your customer marketing, field marketing, uh, like um, demand gen, you've got your CMO, you've got sales, you've got, you've got all of these people you've got to keep happy and really you're just trying to get emails out the door, programs built and you're just, you know, firefighting the whole time. But to try and step out of that and have a bit more of a business mindset where you you really think about the relationships that you're building, you understand the other teams, like you talked about the procurement process, understand how the business operates and not just, you know, be a marketer, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think something that's important too is depending on the size of your company and how you like view all of the tools in your tech stack is that there's a big difference between managing to scale and managing at scale, right? Because an enterprise managing at scale, like I'm, I'm thinking about, yes, of course, like scaling, but on such a broad horizon and broad scale that like, I need to make sure that whatever tools that we bring in or any changes that we make to Salesforce, any integrations that plug into our systems, that it's not only scalable, but that it's not gonna have like downstream effects that are negative towards the business, right? Whereas like managing to scale, like you're maybe not juggling all the balls in the air, you're still trying to figure out which balls you're gonna pick up to juggle. Like that is a little bit different, but you, you also don't wanna like limit yourself, right? You have to think, you know, what is this gonna look like in three to five years? Is there gonna be, you know, do, are we gonna have, is there like a uh, end of this runway or we're gonna have to rip it out in three years and do something else because of this limitation that, you know, we might not have an issue with now, but we will in the future. Totally. Yeah, we talked about that a lot in some of our past videos, just scalability. And part of that is, um, I think some people think building something that you, that will scale over time means that it maybe is, I think they then overcomplicate things. They want it to be this complex thing that's smart enough where it accounts for like every single marketing channel you might enter or any, you know, other you know, X, Y, Z, and they try and build this like, you know, complex process, but really like sometimes the thing that will scale is that meets your business goals now, doesn't limit you in the future, but isn't so complex where if you do happen to leave one day, someone's just going to rip it out because they just don't understand it. Um, and you know, if you were the one person that was burnt out and you leave and now they need to find someone to just learn everything because there's no one there with any, um, internal knowledge of what was set up. And so thinking long-term for the company and the scalability also sometimes means, you know, something that ever other people can pick up and understand, yeah. um, which I think is important as well. Yeah. You mentioned, um, kind of headcount a bit at the beginning. And I think that's something that so many people in our world struggle with, struggle to get additional headcount. Um, I'd love to hear from you, you know, having built out teams and got additional headcount to support you so you could, you know, not be that 
um, you know, only marketing operations person, which like you said, is really bad for you. You're going to be incredibly stressed out, but also really bad for the company that is so reliant on just one person. If something happens to you, then the whole marketing function just stops. Um, but I think a lot of times the marketing ops person knows that, but the rest of the company doesn't understand marketing operations enough. And that could be a contributing factor as to why they can't get additional headcount. Um, and so I'd love to hear from you, like how you, how you positioned, you know, getting additional headcount, how you got the business case together, how you convinced the company to invest and mm -hmm. just anything else you want to add. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a strong believer that at least in the marketing ops function, right? Like I can't build out an ROI or business case without the partnership of the teams that I support, right? Because me having additional headcount will directly impact them and the things that they can and cannot do. And when I joined EFI, um, I was fortunate that, you know, a, a, a colleague of mine, uh, Stephen Moore, who is amazing and has worked, I've worked with him since I started at EFI. Um, he's now kind of like mainly my data operations person, but it was really the two of us and we were tag teaming things and we were just getting up to our like eyeballs and we we're just like, you know, it, if we want to do this, but we can't do this if until we get some of these things off of it. And it wasn't something that happened overnight. It was something that, you know, we really had to like vocalize and verbalize. And, you know, it was something that I would have to like say to my marketing business partners and not just marketing, but other organizations within the company that we supported that like, I love this initiative that you want us to do, but we just have no bandwidth, like full stop, or let's negotiate. You want us to do this. What are you willing to give up? And it's usually nothing. Right. So then I'm like, okay, well then I can't help you. Right. So it's like something has to give, right. If yeah. You, right. It just is like, tell me what, you want to not have us do in order for us to do this and usually it would not be anything and um it just i think over time over the years like it it just became okay very apparent that you know we definitely need the headcount um because at the end of the day it's like i don't need to know their strategy right i want to know their end goal and then i'm going to work backwards from there and hopefully we'll meet up their, your strategy but if I don't have the people in place to like deliver that strategy, then there's that gap. And then it becomes very apparent. And then when like a use case comes up to build, you know, the, the use case for having an additional headcount, then it becomes much easier because it's like, these are all of the things that, you know, I can't deliver because I don't mm -hmm. have like the extra bandwidth. But if you give this to me, we can deliver it in this time frame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're kind of running at max capacity, noting down the stuff that you can't take on, and then you go back to them and say, you know, you know, like I've been working seven days a week, you know, no vacation, and I still, you know, couldn't get this stuff done. You know, like, would you like that stuff done? Yeah, maybe we should hire someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've worked with a client before to even help develop a deck to just to do that, and it was almost like you know, like you have a product features page and it was like, these are all the things. And it's like check boxes on like the things that you have with that and like enterprise package or whatever. It was more like, this is what we can do right now. Yeah. This is what we can do. If we had one additional headcount, this would be if we had two and basically check the boxes. And it was, it was in a deck for the CMO and it's like, okay, well, you know, we want to build this over, you know, X time, but it was in, it was like, very easy for them to see, okay, this is all the stuff I'd be missing out on. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think you grab people. It's like, oh yeah, we could have been doing this if we had just gotten that head count. Um, so then how, how do you decide what type of 
um, role to hire mm. for. Um, I think one of the um, one of the things I really like over the last few years is like the more kind of better definitions around different roles in marketing operations, mm. like platform ops, campaign ops, marketing intelligence, and and I think that gives um, a clearer. It helps with the career path, but it also helps you cover all your bases and everything you need to deliver on. But then, you know, being starting with a small team or just yourself, again, a lot of people are in that situation and they want to hire. They don't know, like, do I hire a platform ops person or a campaign ops person or do I hire like a data analyst? Like, you know, what, how did you decide on what to, where to go first? The way, um, so I can maybe talk a little bit about how my team is structured, right? So all of us on the marketing ops team can execute a campaign end to end, but we all have our specialties, right? So mm -hmm. um, think of it like a, complex Venn diagram where we you know all have yeah. our own like things that we're really good at but then we all intersect in the middle and so um that helps me to like load balance the team especially when people go on vacation or there's just certain projects that we have that folks just like it, we're just like at max capacity right so um i have a, a data op data operations person so um he is like brilliant when it comes to segmentation and audiences and just understands our database inside and out better than anybody on the team and then i have an email developer who is really really great at building out you know all of our email templates and she's really great at understanding you know deliverability and how um emails will render on different clients and different platforms and different devices and then i have a full-blown web developer on my team, which I think is not that common on marketing mm -hmm. ops teams, but yeah. it's something that I felt was really needed, especially with our move to Marketo, because we were starting to build a lot of our lead generating landing pages on Marketo. And um, while, you know, it's nice to have some, you know, templated uh, landing pages, EFI's in the printing industry. Like we're vis very visually heavy, like lots of beautiful graphics. We just want a really great um, visual experience, especially when it comes to digital. And that's something that we're moving towards. And so since he joined the team, it's been really great. And he's got some really great expertise that he's been able to help us with some really great um, programs and, and initiatives that we've had. So that's kind of how we have structured or how I've structured the team so that we all are different enough, but we all can kind of like lean back on each other and flex when we need to. Yeah, I think I really like that actually because you're not too specialized where again you have that one person managing one thing no one else can help with that because you would kind of you're solving the problem where you have more people but then you're you're not really solving the problem where there's still only one person responsible and able to do that one um, that one part of the role um, so yeah I think and that kind of leads us on to the career path I think because like you said before um or like when we think everyone's kind of experienced this at least if you've been in the role a while and you stumble into it and then maybe you navigate between you know the, the, the maybe the platform side for a bit or you're starting campaigns at the beginning and you, you just execute on campaign execution and then maybe you get a bit of the taste of the platform like how have you seen um that evolve like in terms of how um you know you, you've evolved through that kind of curve of you're growing in, in marketing operations and your skill set, and then also other people that you've either worked with or other people that you know in marketing operations and how that's changed over time, like how people kind of get in and then move forward. And then where I'm going with this is like, how, how do people then move forward from kind of their today, today's point? Um, because I think a lot of people where they are in that smaller team, they get stuck at manager level and they're just like managing, uh, you know, the marketing automation stack you know, mainly centered around the marketing automation platform. 
and then they don't know where to go from there mm -hmm. so it's like how do you one for people like trying to just get in and they're starting on the ground level kind of how do they grow even to that manager level and then from that next point forward like manager where you hit that bit of a ceiling um grow up to get to your know, director level and beyond like love yeah. to hear your thoughts around all of that so this is one of those things that i i do feel is going to be different depending on the size of the organization for sure right and mm. i think that um in smaller organizations there is generally you're going to have somebody who has like a demand gen title right but they also wear dual hats and they're probably going to be your pardot admin or your marketo admin as well because they have full admin access and they know how to you know connect the fields into salesforce and do the integration and things like that but when you're kind of managing system integrations with other tools because for example, if it's Marketo, you're probably not only connecting it to Salesforce, you might be connecting it into, you know, other, other systems as well. Um, just managing that, but then also managing analytics, execution, email deliverability, nurture programs, all of that stuff. It's a lot, right? And those are things that, you know, depending on the volume, you can do a little bit of everything, okay, but maybe not everything, like, as well as you want to give that focus to, right? Um, I guess to answer your question, like, in terms of like carving that career path, I actually don't like the word marketing and marketing operations because I feel like it pigeonholes the function and the person, right? Because it's in terms of like contribution and, and the importance of what this role does, the best way I can describe it is that unless you are only supporting marketing, it is more to me like business operations or revenue operations, right? Because um, at EFI, for example, like we, of course, we marketing, our marketing business partners are core, um, are the core teams that we support, but we support everything from, you know, uh, sales operations, professional services, HR, IT, customer success, like we help them automate all of this stuff, right? And um, I think that this is sometimes where that word marketing pigeonholes the function and the career path because anyone who works in true marketing ops will tell you that the marketing org is only one of many teams that they support, you know, and despite it being a large portion, like it's, it, I really do feel it should be something like business operations. And for me, the way I would suggest to level up is honestly just to show up, right? That, you know, how I started was like, I just started to ask to be invited to these calls, right? So like, it's not like sales ops or support or professional services would normally say, yeah, let's bring in marketing, right? It's not a, it's not something that would normally cross their mind. And so I just started to figure out like who runs this, who runs that, you know, who's the head guy that's going to do this. And I just started to ask to be invited to these calls. I wanted to like meet with them and just wanted the people that were in charge to like, the first thing I would ask them is like, tell me the worst thing about your job, right? Like what is the, what is, what sucks and what do you hate about your job that is super manual? And let me see if I can do anything with our systems to help you automate it. Right. And so it can be any, so some examples of some of the stuff we automate at EFI is like, you know, expiring hours for professional services, surveys, triggered emails, onboarding programs that don't really have anything to do with marketing. Right. But the full customer 360 lifestyle life cycle. So that's just, would you say that you have that mindset because you came from like a technical background, you know, yes, what you went to college for and you have that, you are in your mind a business operations person, right? As there's right now kind of in marketing, but really you can, you can run operations across probably multiple functions. 
so like if someone if you're if if you were giving advice to someone who had come from more of a marketing like a demand gen person mm -hmm. who then stumbled into marketing operations and but i think i think it's such good advice like how 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 do they build their skill set and start moving in that direction too to kind of catch up with yeah. the, the things that they need to know to be able to talk the language with it and the, these other teams yeah i think um that relationship with it is like crucial like above and beyond anything else right is to really build a really good relationship with your it team because um at the end of the day like you're going to need to flex on them and depend on them for support on things that you may not necessarily know how to do or have the technical ability to do right and it's just a it's about again it goes back to relationship building right it's not this like you know marketing versus it or us versus them it's really like building that relationship and having them feel like okay look like let me not just put this ask to the back of the queue it's like you know here's this person or this team that really wants to understand like how this works and why it's breaking so that they can try and fix it or troubleshoot it themselves or at least like if you understand your systems and your tools enough to know exactly what is broken but you don't know how to fix it but you can point them in the right direction i think they really will appreciate that as well so that they're not just like hey all of a sudden our leads are not sinking can you help me fix it like that is very mm -hmm. ambiguous right like what does that mean right mm -hmm. so it's things like that, that I think will really help. Um, I also, I, yeah, I just, relationship building is a crucial part of what I do, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the barometers I feel like for, if you're doing well, especially we have a background of working in-house. And so when I think about this, I think back on my time for doing that and where I was able to make change in the organization. And I think for how, while I was able to do that, it, it was really like, how often am I talking to people outside of the marketing team? You know, am I getting, I had a whole change management force created and that included maybe a few people for marketing, like the head of marketing and myself, but a lot of that included people in sales and IT business operations, um, partner customer side, because like you said, you're doing, you're supporting the business. Um, it's just marketing marketing gets that folded in because they have the systems that happen to support those business efforts um, and anything that you know can basically roll up and create revenue then kind of falls back there so um, but I think you know in some some ways some marketing ops people maybe don't have like the confidence to do that um, or they maybe don't realize like if it's okay for them to work cross-functionally with with other people in the organization and so i think hearing this like if someone's listening to this and they've been thinking about oh yeah i feel a bit pigeonholed or i'm working in the silo which makes it impossible for me to get things like rolling within the company like you do you can like you do have the ability to at least try and reach out to people across the organization because like you said they probably have some problems but maybe starting that conversation of trying to understand their problems trying to understand the organization and then you know getting them together to maybe work work with you or work together is the second phase and um, if you don't feel as comfortable even reaching out to people in general maybe you're a bit shy maybe finding like a sponsor internally who can help you do that and that might be a VP level person or someone that you already feel a bit close to um, talking. And I think that'll then help you create those relationships. Um, Cause like you said, you know, 
you know, you, you're very confident, you're very well-spoken and you maybe already felt comfortable reaching out to people in the organization, but I think some might find it a bit challenging to do that. So you might just need a little bit of help from maybe someone else. And that can be a great champion sponsor for you just in general for maybe projects that you need to get done within the organization. So, so what if they're the person though, they want to do that and they, they just don't have the time. How do, because I think, they, how did you, how did you find the time to, to do that? They're being so snowed under with all of these requests. I could, I could totally hear people thing in their head. Oh, I'd love, I'd love to do that, but I have, you know, 25 emails I've got to get out tomorrow and sales is wondering why this lead didn't MQL and then this data didn't get enriched and I've just got to deal with this and you know what I mean? It's just, there's so much on your plate. Um, yeah, that's like, how do you, how do you find the time? How, what's your advice to someone to help them prioritize that? It's a process though, right? It's not something that happens overnight. A lot of it is, mm. you know, you think about it as a, a, a long game, I guess, right? It's like, mm -hmm. kind of like reach out to these folks, build those relationships and, you know, find out what you can potentially help them automate. And you have those, you have those discussions and you're like, yeah, I can totally help you do this. It's like a matter of, it's a simple matter of adding a checkbox to this field on this record in Salesforce. And when you check it, this, 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 and this will happen. And you don't have to do this manual part of your job anymore. Right. And it's like, okay, great. Let, let me like write this down and lock it away. And I don't have the bandwidth to help you right now, but if I get, you know, resources, I can. And then you have, it's also, it's like this thing that will also help you build that ROI, right? And that business case for this, because now you have like all of these things that you can maybe assign time value to, right? That you could give back to the business instead of doing these like manual, maybe sometimes administrative tasks. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think kind of starting, you got to start somewhere with all of these things, right? So yeah, if you're in marketing operations and you, you want to try and work kind of a little bit more out of the, the silo that you're in, um, one obvious step is just work like really developing, if you haven't already, the relationship with sales ops, right? Just like obviously you need that. So if you haven't got that already, start, you can start there. Um, and I think one skill set that some marketing, I think these days it's, it's um, you know, not so bad, but um, I think there are still people that are in marketing operations that ignore Salesforce and you're like, they don't want to learn like as much as they <laughs> should in Salesforce. Yeah. And, um, and I think that a lot, a lot of companies, they don't even like, sometimes they, they, you know, we're working with a company that they, they've got marketing people. They've got kind of someone helping marketing ops. They don't really have like sales ops. So mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity for whoever's kind of running marketing ops to just really take, take on some sales ops responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. and, but to really understand um, the, the Salesforce side of things. And because one of the things that I've noticed over the years is even naturally there's been this um, shift where marketing operations has taken on more and more and more of the sales operations role like things like lead routing used to traditionally just be like yeah. a sales ops thing but now marketing like owns lean data mm -hmm. or runs yeah. their routing rules and especially around abm now marketing's got a you know a big need to get into the account object and mm -hmm. figure out everything there too so so i think there's a lot to be learned in salesforce and um, as a, as like a first step to if you if you haven't already to like get out of your little marketing world and get in more of the revenue operations world and then you know use what you learn there and how you develop the relationship with the teams to then go develop relationships with other teams. Um, mm -hmm. 
yes, I definitely like the Salesforce piece. Like I'm in it like 20 all, all day, every day. Right. Yeah. And just, yeah, I, it's, it's crucial. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about working like cross-functionally. That's the one system that's probably shared the most across all the departments in the company. So if you are, if you do have like your footprint there, if you are owning, you know, part of that, and if you make it, part of your, you know, effort to really go deep on it. Like that's just opening the past for um, supporting those teams. Like even if you don't naturally have a, um, a strong technical background, you can, you know, you can learn there. And there's a lot of resources to learn um, Salesforce and sales ops um, methodologies that will be easy for you because they're bridging a little bit beyond marketing ops. But yeah, you, you now have, you know, access to those other teams because they're already, you know, using it or their systems are tagged on to it. How big is your sales ops team? Sales ops? Um, yeah. Oh, I want to say globally. And don't quote me on this, maybe between 30 <laughs> and 40 people, but I really, Oh wow. Um, yeah, but I really mainly work with um, sales enablement team. So there's okay. kind of, the sales enablement team is a sub function of the sales ops team and, and I work with them like almost every day. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Some com- it's, there's definitely, I think if you did a study on it, there's probably more sales ops people in the world than marketing ops people or like a, at a company mm-hmm. um, and trying to understand that ratio, even if there is a, you know, there might not be a, a ratio that's to live by. Obviously, it's very contextual, but um, there definitely seems to be more sales ops people, but then I also see marketing ops do start to do more and more of the sales ops job. And then it's still hard to get the headcount for marketing ops, even though now they've, they've taken on a lot of what's mm-hmm. in Salesforce and the sales ops. Mm-hmm. So again, that's another way to potentially, you know, put it on your list of, of things that you're doing or things that you could do um, as a marketing ops person that might be kind of like traditionally in the sales ops realm um, that you could potentially help with. So again, like not just thinking about what is on your normal to-do list, what could be additional um, outside of the, your normal remit, mm-hmm. um, especially in the sales ops world where you could try and get that head count or grow your career yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some quick fire questions at the end, but I don't want to jump ahead jump ahead to those if there's anything that we you know missed or any of this um i do i did have one question more about just like a not a philosophical question but more just like a high level um question just around advice like if you if you if you just had someone just just getting into marketing ops now like what would be just some real blanket just general advice that you would give them to help them progress in their career um, get your crystal ball out because you're going to be asked to predict the future and read minds, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I would say, um, three pieces of advice, uh, data. So number one is have a firm grasp on your company's data. And that's going to include everything from like laws and legislation to governance, management and hygiene, because data is going to be paramount. And I always say that there's nobody closer to your customer's data than your marketing ops team, even more so than sales. Um, mm. Because data is paramount because when it comes to the tools that you're responsible for, 
some of them will like intake data, some of them will output data, most of them are going to do both. And you just really need to understand that, right? Um, I love that. I love that. I love that first one because you, what you that that saying you said you're you're the closest person to the customer data. I feel like we say that mm-hmm. all the time as well. It's like if you're sending a report to someone, we use it use it in this context a lot. Like marketing operations, you're you're creating a lot of reports on marketing performance and things like that. Don't just send the report, right? You need to explain what it's showing, like because you understand the data. Someone else could read this report and be like, okay, I don't really get mm-hmm. it. But like you need to provide the context, like how this. You know, what this report is saying, like what analysis you can take from that, as opposed to just being like, here's some data, you know, go ahead and interpret it yourself. Like you're the person who understands that you're the person who needs to interpret it for people. Yeah, because there's a science to that, right? Not just a matter of like keeping track of the results, but like taking actionable like insights yeah. from, you know, and um, I guess some other things that I would probably say is like understanding email deliverability, right? Because that's mm-hmm. a sign that there's a science to that as well, right? And the ways that it might be impacted within your organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then anxiety management, because <laughs> like a large, like a large part of my job is helping to guide my business partners, right? Through technology adoption, onboarding process changes, lots of process changes, right? And um, I think that change can be scary, right? And it can be really uncomfortable. And, you know, being able to explain the same concepts over and over to different and sometimes the same people, you know, will be a normal part of the job. And you have to find ways to be able to contextualize things in a way that's relevant to your audience and be able to, like, mitigate any of the anxiety that comes with, like, change as well. Right? Totally. I what, feel like- what are your f- best ways to minimize anxiety? Have you yeah. found? I feel like well, when you first said that, I was also thinking <laughs> managing your own anxiety <laughs> being marketing operations is good. Different. To... <laughs> I'd like to my own. I don't, it just really depends on the individual back to relationship yeah. building. So. Yes, yeah, so spending the time to really understand that individual, right? Did you about to say something? <laughs> <laughs> I think I forgot, honestly. So, oh, okay. <laughs> um, then why don't we go into should we go into the quick fire? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, so, what's your favorite marketing automation platform? Marketo. Okay, it has to be that, right? If anyone <laughs> asked anything, if anyone said anything else, we don't I mean, allow them on. We don't allow them on this podcast. We just end now. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that like, we have some clients that don't use Marketo. No. I <laughs> They're all good in their own special way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did you think Mops was before you did it? Uh, so, like, to be honest, it didn't really exist when I started. Yeah. Right? So right. it wasn't really defined. It was really, like, it was developing as a function as I was working in it. And, you know, I've seen the space and the tools that interface with the space grow over the last decade. So, it, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> honestly, it's constantly changing so well how do you explain it to your family or your friends i mean i've tried you have no idea how much i have tried i've just i honestly i've just given up now like my parents don't understand and my mom swears that she thinks i work for csis so csis is like the canadian version of the fbi and she's just (laughs) she doesn't understand what i do um and so she's just kind of like convinced herself that i must work for csis or something like that because it's not normal that you can't explain what you do, right? Yeah. So it has to be, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be that. Um, 
so you actually kind of already answered this question earlier, um, like marketing ops or revenue ops in terms of um, the, it, obviously your title is marketing operations director, but like in terms of like, if you had to just have a, you know, an ideal function name, if you had to choose between one of the two, which would it be? Business ops. Oh, business, <laughs> business ops. ops. Okay. Yeah, there you go. We have to add that to, yeah. the, to the quick fire questions. I do really like that. Um, Salesforce classic or lightning? <laughs> lightning. Lightning. Better yeah. dashboarding, for sure. I'm starting to go that down that path too now. <laughs> um, do you use Marketo Sky? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I have an extra question, quick fire question. Go for it. Do you take vacations now? I mean, like literally now? Not, 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 not now. Not <laughs> that this. vacation you can take now is like to outside illegal. That would be yeah. very yeah. illegal right now. But before this <laughs> happened, and maybe in the future once this ends. Yes, I do. That's good. That's good. There's hope for you, for everyone. <laughs> I and I can say the same thing too, because there was a period of time where I didn't take a vacation or PTO date for like two and a half years. Um, and then another, and when you were talking, it reminded me of when I, one of my roles, I was the only person I went on my honeymoon and I had to do so much work just to enjoy our honeymoon. <laughs> honeymoon and I came back and the only marketing that happened was everything I automated while I was gone. You <laughs> feel <laughs> almost like really anxious while you're away, right? It's hard to realize. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, this has been great. I think that, you know, we're going to have more guests, but we're, I'm glad we had you as one of our first guests or second guest, technically, but it's, you know. Our first guest that wasn't your sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first non-family guest. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think for this is a great listen for everyone in their careers in marketing ops, sales ops, anyone, you know, wanting to build a career in operations. And I love that forward thinking of, you know, maybe one day it is just business operations and we're all going to be on, you know, that team really supporting the business and we won't even have to fight for budget or headcount. We'll just be given it pretty freely and we don't have to be wishing we were on a different team or exit the role because we want to go on a team that does have those resources so um yeah it was really great that we could speak and thanks did so much you have any you. final final, final words no thanks for having me this was definitely great and i enjoyed the chat a lot so yeah yeah i'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about so hopefully you'll be willing to come back on again in the future <laughs> definitely just anytime let me know all right all right, well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye.